0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, a show where we get overly excited and protective of tortillas. I'm your host, Spencer, joined, as always,
2: by Michael. Hello, everybody. I'm, uh, I was bopping to the beat. I could hear our intro music through Spencer's headphones. Just kind of kind of getting into this. It goes hard. Yeah, it does. Getting, getting ready to, to spit some game on tortillas and their functions. But Keith
1: has offered to do Big Voice. Oh. So we're going to do that at some point. I have a new song to roll out with it it's going to go even harder. What's mm-hmm. it going to be?
2: That's what she said. <laughs> Good Lord. 30 <laughs> seconds in. I will not it's reveal also what that. she said. Sorry. <laughs> go, go ahead. So,
1: oh, whoa. We are so unprofessional.
2: <laughs> I will not reveal that till it's time. Oh. So you're, yeah. you're going to leave me in suspense too.
1: Well, I could tell you the name of the song, which you won't know it. It's a song I pulled off of SoundCloud. Beats
2: number seven.
1: It's called Brass Attack.
2: Brass Attack? Oh, I'm going to look that up. You should. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna blare it on the way home.
1: It's gonna it's gonna get you riled up, man. So we we teased it going in. We we have to get to this. We've got so much to get to today. Um, some of it's about football. A lot of it is. We actually we again reached out and got a quality interview preview for TCU this time from Jamie Plunkett of Frogs O War. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We're gonna talk about some college football fantasy update. A uh, new chairman of the Board of Regents was elected. Good guy. I'm familiar with him and his family. Location of the butt bowl being determined. Yeah. Supposedly today they were supposed to make a decision. I don't know if it was... Was it today? Well, they, they were having a meeting about it today. Okay. Some non-conference scheduling issues in tech may get a kind of a cupcake schedule in 2021. We're going to talk about that. And then can Alan Bowman fly on an airplane all that and more no i'm kidding so first we have to get to this article that i thought you were about to roll to commercial i thought we'd gotten sponsored
2: if only we had a case of sponsor right about now all right still still put put your feelers out everybody
1: so this came out this article came out on sunday of all days from the good old daily toy door staff writer brianna maldonado Students, comma staff discuss tortilla tradition ban.
2: Oh, yeah, That I got serious really quickly. It did.
1: Now, luckily, I mean, well, I say luckily, she's as a reporter does not take a stand. Right side.
2: Well, she did the right thing. She got. Um, she interviewed both sides. Yeah, she did. She got views from both sides and staff and students, and she she did she did the right thing.
1: Yeah. So, staff from the athletic department from the university archivist Mm -hmm. shaking my head right now and then a couple students as probably you can expect the students are heavily in favor of allowing tortillas to be thrown at the games the one staff is like well it's kind of been here for a while i don't know if it's going anywhere and then the other staff member plus the archivist are like this is so bad I, I don't have a I don't have a I don't have a good enough voice, uh, thought out for Miss Lynn Whitfield. But well, it, it's something
2: like that. Well, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit of a downer to to read it and think that this is going to be as big of an issue as it as it could be. Um, I, I guess not, since it's Tuesday and it just really kind of got everywhere on Twitter today. I don't think there's going to be any traction on this going, but well, yeah, we, we need to share a little bit of what some of these guys had to say about our beloved tortilla tradition because for the record, Spencer, are you pro or against throwing flour tortillas at tech games?
1: I am strongly pro.
2: I am strongly pro as well, despite the fact that I've never done it.
1: I've only thrown one tortilla and it was one that fell on me at a game.
2: And it was I rethrew it right, and then you probably washed your hands afterwards. I had no idea where it came from—the <laughs> back of some dude's pants, probably. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so we've got a couple sources in this uh, this article. Taylor Carr, assistant director of tech athletics and former student athlete, gives gives us a little history of where the tortilla throwing comes from.
2: This was interesting. I didn't know all of this. He
1: recounts. Well, I say he. I'm not sure. I'm sure if it's a he or she. Taylor says, uh, students would take the lids off their stadium drinks and throw those on the field. Administration, administration noticed that and they stopped offering lids on the drinks. Tortillas were the next best thing; they were round, easy to throw, and flew kind of like a frisbee.
2: That's smart. That's West that's, Texas ingenuity. That's innovative. Yep.
1: Then, then they go on a little history and says when Texas Tech, sorry, when Texas A and M came in 1992. An announcer made a comment that there was nothing in Lubbock but tech football and a tortilla factory. And Taylor Carr goes on and says that the students kind of gravitated towards that and said, okay, you're going to say that? We're going to start throwing tortillas. And a tradition was born. Although, if you ask some of the Texas Tech staff of if that's a, quote, tradition or not, there would be some disagreement.
2: Yeah, and it's the best kind of tradition because... It's not someone that was man- it's not a tradition that was mandated from people who are trying to decide those sorts of things. It, it wasn't
1: concocted in some some office right it How wasn't can, copied from somebody,
2: yeah, looking at you stillwater, yeah, it was just organically developed almost out of necessity <laughs> because they wanted to throw something, so they threw some tortillas eventually and then. When that remark gets thrown out there, then so do tortillas about the factory and everything. So I I think it's one of, I think it's an underrated tradition because it is just straight up something that's been going on for a generation now. So, or more than a generation. I don't know how that works. 26 years, that may be more than one, but it's. That's
1: about a generation. Yeah. We had Grayson when I was 25.
2: Yeah, so it's about so a generation has been throwing tortillas and Sorry. organically.
1: Grayson, if you didn't catch on, is our four-year-old son.
2: That is your clue for the day.
1: Yep. <laughs> so there are two other named sources from the staff in here. Staff just meaning they work at Texas Tech somewhere. One of them is Drew Ingram, Associate Athletics Director. Said students need to start viewing it from a functionality standpoint. Michael, what does he mean? What is what is a functionality standpoint of throwing a tortilla?
2: Well, I assume that he, I, I would I would break it down even further. He wants to look at the functionality of the tortilla itself. I.e., does it does it lend itself to burritos or tacos? Uh, that's where I thought he was going, but then he just completely he completely caught me off guard with what he actually said next.
1: No, he, he took a step further back. or one step back. Oh, more. Over 30,000 foot view says, well, they're a food item. Oh, uh, that's true. Any item thrown out on the field of play is a safety issue.
2: That's also true. But how often do those actually make it onto the field of play?
1: I think the guys at uh, G Gborn Services have done a good job of like sweeping those up
2: real quick. Yeah, they know it's coming. <laughs> The other
1: person we would talk about is
2: the university
1: archivist. Which, I mean, I want to get paid to write history, right? That that could be cool.
2: Kind of like that's some George Orwellian stuff. You just write your a, own thing, or is that a historian? I think an archivist takes or puts things in the archive. <laughs>
1: okay, so I want to take history and
2: record it into the archive, or just transport it. You're a trans. You're you're a transporter. You're like Jason Statham. That Anyways, would be
1: your job. Listen to this wet blanket right here, Lynn Whitfield. The horse, band members, players, and students in the stands could slip and fall from the tortillas. Which is true. She, she does not, She does not predict students ever stopping unless there is a terrible accident. Uh, Whitfield said throwing tortillas is such a controversial habit because most students love it, but the university does not consider it a tradition. Quote, We don't want to consider this a tradition. (laughs) We would rather it go away and something else take place because we want to project a positive image.
2: I I get that. This is almost like satirical how bad this is. I get that people in theory, definitely a horse could slip on a tortilla. It would be catastrophic. People could... In theory, slip on a tortilla, but it hasn't happened yet if that we know of.
1: If you were about a horse slipping on the field, it's much, far more likely it's going to slip on the turf, right? Then, like, if, if you're concerned, then put down natural grass.
2: Well, and the only time that the that the mass rider is you know going full speed is well before any tortillas are out on the field. Any other time the mass riders out there, it's they're going around at a gallop or something to celebrate a and
1: they're, they're well within the field of play like far away from yeah where they're it, in
2: the red zone basically doing a lap uh, the the other thing that that caught me that I, I think you skipped it was she said that it lacks good sportsmanship which i
1: and she doesn't go on to clarify that
2: i don't i don't know why it. that makes you a bad sport to throw out a tortilla maybe the first two kickoffs of a college football game it's dumb they're not writing stuff on the tortillas
1: they're They're chewing holes in the middle of it so it flies better
2: oh that's good i feel I believe we've had this discussion and one other thing I wanted to bring up too if the school doesn't want this, why did they have tortilla towels
1: they yeah the university that,
2: athletic department they they embraced had, it yeah they had west for West Virginia the first i don't know how many thousand students that got in the game received a tortilla towel. And they were waving them. I mean, they. I wonder if they're trying to replace the tortillas. But you're not going to throw those towels. No, they're to go anywhere. No, but I don't think it's going to replace them. I think it's just kind of which I think was a, a nod. Question, a question we received. It was. Yeah, they were asking oh, well. how 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 could you get a what's the best way to throw a towel? I think was was you the throw question. It in. <laughs> yeah. So I, I it, it's mixed. It's mixed signals from the university to have someone who seems to have been given. I don't know if I don't know who the we is she's talking about, but we is she's speaking for somebody. She's speaking for somebody.
0: Her uh, and the mouse in her pocket. maybe. Yeah,
2: to have to have that kind of carte blanche of no. This is this is what we as a university do not do not want. Um, come just you know ten days after this, that same university issued a tortilla towel.
1: It doesn't make any sense.
2: I just no. I, I saw the articles like we have to talk about this because it's ridiculous.
1: Right. We also need to talk about fantasy from week
2: six. Oh man. Okay. I've I made some roster moves. I don't know if you noticed or not. Oh I certainly did. Uh they sort of helped but uh um, Yeah, because
1: you picked up a returner smartly. Yeah. Put him on your lineup and it almost paid off for you.
2: Yeah, it it was close. I, I played <laughs> we're we're not giving out scores yet, I've noticed. I played four Four people from the state of West Virginia because they were playing Kansas. And as all of y'all know listening you. to this, Kansas kinda stifled him a little bit and my boy Will Greer didn't have the best day. I think he had three interceptions, maybe four.
1: That's that's ridiculous.
2: But anyway. How come we couldn't intercept him? I know, I know. How does he how can he how can we get the game we got from Will Greer, and then Kansas gets this other one. I think we would have smoked him if he had played like that in Lubbock.
1: So I was looking at your running back score, and I assumed that was return yards. No, that's all like his rushing. So he picked up a running back, Alex Barnes from Kansas State, put up 117 points, and none of that was return yards, Right, which gets a point per yard, which is stupid. We need to change that. I say that every week.
2: Well, but I Alex think I Barnes, had him. I think I had him for a while. But this was his first week to... He played Baylor. Right. He played Baylor, so (laughs) i put him in. (laughs) He took advantage.
1: 22 receiving yards. Not not bad. 250 rushing yards. Ridiculous. Yep. And three rushing touchdowns. That will get you 117 points.
2: That's a a really solid day. So my guy
1: plays opposite him. Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State is is used in the return game. Got me 104 points. 102 of those points were return yards.
2: My gosh. Well, I had to sit Turpin because of the bye week. Bye week. Yeah, Turpin's been uh, he's been pretty reliable on return yards. So I, I do want to point out to you: had you
1: played Marquise Brown, oh, I know, over Gary Jennings, I wrestled this. You would have beaten me.
2: Yeah, I wrestled with this because. We have three wide receiver spots, and I put all three West Virginia wide receivers in there. Bad move. And I shouldn't have. But it was West Virginia, the team that just threw all over Tech, at least for the first quarter and a half. But did they? No. Well, they threw a lot of short ones. But they're good receivers, and so I picked up Sims, actually. I didn't have him. And I also picked up Kansas State's defense because they were playing uh How'd that work out Baylor. <laughs> that got me five points. <laughs> Cause I had TCU's defense, and so I had to I had to get somebody else anyway. Um I think I did some other roster move. I forgot what it was. I think I picked up No. Oh yeah, I picked up uh the running back from Iowa State and had him on the bench. He had thirty four points, which was good.
1: Not David Montgomery. No. Kenny Nwangu? Nwangu. Nwangu? Nwangu. Nwangu. Yes. I don't know. So, if you hadn't picked up on it, I beat Michael. For did. the fourth time in six weeks. 414 to 356. It was close, or closer, I should say. Yeah. Had he played Marquise Brown, who scored him 64 points, instead of Gary Jennings, who picked up five, that would have given you 59 points. That would have put you, ooh, maybe not beaten me, but it would have been close.
2: Well, that's what's so ridiculous is, I can't believe I in hindsight it's always why did I set the star OU receiver? Well, I did because West Virginia was playing Kansas and I just I just liked my odds. I I weighed over that a lot, so it's okay. It's it's okay. In our fictional fairy tale football league, I am I am now down what is it what'd you say? Four to two? Four four two. You are two and four. Uh, only won my first and third game, something like that. It's okay. If if you're going by weeks, like
1: it's your turn to win this week. Oh. You're due, as they say. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Okay, all, all right. right. Let's talk about some Texas Tech news. There was a new chairman of the Board of Regents elected because Rick Francis, through very, very heavy pressure from the community, stepped down. Apparently, there was some some threat to ask for his resignation in like the uh, open session from one of the other regents. Oh, like he's the, the supposedly he said, I will expect your resignation at the end of the session, or I will ask it in open session. Basically like calling for a vote right then to vote him out of the chairman. So using
2: the, using the closed sessions against him.
1: Basically. So, Rick Francis is still a regent. He's stepped down only as his position as chairman.
2: Right. There was a lot of confusion with that, the way some of these headlines were. Yep. I, actually, I don't even know. I think the headlines were written correctly, but people just misread them. But No, he did they, not step down. He is still on the board. He is still. Yep. He's just not the chairman. He's anymore. just not the chairman. Right.
1: New chairman is Tim Lancaster from Abilene. Uh, he's the, currently, he's the CEO of Hendrix Health. Oh, there. Okay. He um, has already announced he's planning on retiring and moving to Lubbock. He already has a house here. Uh, His son actually works for the hospital that I work at. He's the Tim Lancaster, the new Board of Regents chair. His son is the vice president of operations of our hospital. So he's an admin as well. He was not one of the five regents that supposedly opposed Chancellor Duncan, Right. So that was good. There's still there's still five of them on the board. You just have to deal with that. But the president's not one of them. So that's good. I mean, I'm, I guess, not, not excited. That's too strong of a word. Um, optimistic? Optimistic because he wasn't one of the five. And I know this family through work, and I'm familiar enough with them to say,
2: probably a good dude. Well, at Hendricks Hospital, you know, I grew up around Abilene, and Hendricks was a big part of, that community and my family personally. So hats off. I didn't know. I didn't realize all that, mm-hmm. that he was, uh, did you say he was in he, charge of Hendrix? He's the CEO. The CEO. Jeez. Currently. Okay. He will be. And he's actually going to live in Lubbock. Yeah. I think he'll be the only one, right? I, I think so too. There might be a guy that's in San Angelo or he graduated from San Angelo. I, there is one that did graduate from San Angelo State, which is part of the and Texas the Tech, Tech, Tech system. system. Yeah, we, we have a system, so that's that totally counts. And I, but I don't think there was one that lived here. So that's but cool. there will
1: be one starting in January. Yeah,
2: that's great that he's moving up here.
1: Another article that came out was some possibility of the Baylor Texas Tech game being moved back to campuses. The um. Athlet, the big 12 athletic directors were gathering t- today to meet looking at the, at least a 2019 schedule and going from there. Kirby Hokett said, if the conference moves the Texas tech Baylor game away from Thanksgiving weekend on a more permanent basis that he would be, how do you say that he would be, he would find it acceptable if the games came back to campus, or I'm I'm probably butchering that. But he would be okay with moving the games back to
2: campus as long as that game did
1: not fall on Thanksgiving weekend. Before
2: I read this article, I was blindly just yes, this needs to this needs to move back. This needs to be home and home. Baylor has a new stadium. Uh, I don't know why they wouldn't want people to be in it. So I, I was completely on board with it. But then Hocutt, who is smarter than me, on most things regarding tech sports did bring up the, the the caveat of well we would you know we would consider that if it's not that weekend after Thanksgiving. Because I remember several Baylor games after Thanksgiving in Lubbock as a student. Not several, two or three I guess and they were sparse. Sparsely attended. Well, in your
1: best season ever, 2008, the last time it was played on campus, you hosted it here in Lubbock. You had a reported attendance of 35,000.
2: I was at that game. I was too. Graham Harrell was playing with half of a hand.
1: Well, he started the game with a full hand <laughs> and then smashed it. He smashed it on a helmet, right? Yeah, in the game. Yeah. Crabtree rolled his ankle again. Yeah. Like it was tough. Of, it was a uh, bad game.
2: It was a, it was the Saturday after Thanksgiving.
1: Nearly lost it. Yep, against a Robert Griffin led Baylor team.
2: Yep, it was during the day. It was a weird time. It was like two thirty or three. Right, and it, I, I remember the, you know, we were still students. So we got it on like the fifty yard line. It's not like we stood in line and waited. We do have to point out that this was right after the complete DePansing in Norman. So I it think was, I think some like people. Following week, yeah. So that that might have been partly involved, but
1: but it's a thirty five thousand. That stadium was half half full. Yeah. Well, mm, pushing two thirds.
2: Yeah, I remember it. My friend Adam and I went at that point to that game together, and it was That's it was cool. it was just we were dep- at the same. We were we were a game together. Yeah, we were. It was a depressing game because they Tech wasn't playing any good, and Harold was hurt, and Crabtree was kind of hurt, and. They just were. You looked they, like you were going to lose it. You did, and they just kind of pulled it out uh, in tech fashion. They just decided out, they, to win it at some point. Yeah, outlasted so. the Bears. So Hocutt's, uh point of keeping that off the Thanksgiving week does make me rethink that. It, uh, you know, people complain about fan attendance and stuff now. When How you would it have look a like lot had a of
1: half-empty stadium for a conference game,
2: yeah. When you have a lot of students who go home to the Metroplex, the Metroplex more than likely for Thanksgiving, then they're not going to come back the next day. Probably, I mean, the majority of them won't. They'll they'll stay there stay there for a couple of days. The one thing I don't like though
1: is if if you move
2: that game
1: either like just permanently off of that weekend you're either always playing a road game or you're always taking your bye week at the last week of the regular season
2: right which we've done a lot or the like the second week of the season yeah
1: so that's why i don't like it like for those reasons i would say fine leave it because i don't want to always be on the road that weekend like that just seems like you're giving up too much to bring that game to Lubbock every other year. And then I definitely don't want to be always off and
2: sacrifice a mid-season buy like we have this week or this past week. Right. Which has been a really good timing.
1: It has. And we talked about that with TCU.
2: Oh, good. Yeah. Cool. Well, unfortunately, it was probably good timing for TCU as well to well, have it, a bye it, week. <laughs> it's good for tech. Good for tech as
1: well. Yeah. Speaking of schedules though, we've got a couple, another point. With all of this, it also came out that Texas Tech is having some issues scheduling a non-conference opponent for 2021. Back in December of 2015, the Big 12... Inst- or non,
2: a non-Power 5. Or yeah, in yeah, yeah.
1: So, In 2015, the Big 12 conference instituted a new rule that teams are required to schedule one Power 5 opponent every season. 2021... They don't have a Power Five team scheduled, but the non-conference schedule is basically set from 2022 through 2030. So if you were going to try to schedule a home, like a a non-conference Power Five, you're assuming that you're going to need at least a home and home series. But nobody's going to say, "Yeah, I'll come play you in 2021, and we'll, we'll we will return the game in 2031, ten years later." <laughs> So, to that point, Texas Tech got um, an exemption, an exception for that season to not have to play a Power Five team in non-conference. So, twenty twenty one, we're winning eight games, baby.
2: We might. the the two The two they have scheduled are Lamar and Houston. Well, well, the same as this year, Lamar and Houston. Right. Well, it's
1: at Houston that year, but
2: right. I wanted to know your thoughts on this. What if instead of A Power 5 opponent. They scheduled a North Dakota State.
1: Nope.
2: No? Mm -mm. You want no
1: part of it? I want no part of those Power FCS teams. (laughs) Give me like a Rice, New Mexico, New Mexico State, North
2: Texas, SMU.
1: North Texas? I don't know if we... Well, in three years when Latrell's been gone.
2: Yeah, he'll be gone by then. Oh, he'll be gone this year. He he might. he, He could possibly be... He will be Here. on our sideline <laughs> <I know>. coaching. <laughs> there's there's a better chance he'll be in Lubbock than Denton. Yeah. So, for what that's worth.
1: Yeah. I, I say, just g- go grab you a, a group of five school. Don't even stoop to like, well, I say that I, I already threw out New Mexico and no, New Mexico State. I think it's independent currently. I didn't know that. You don't, just have like to, Notre Dame. You don't have to go as low as a, like a Georgia State, or a South Alabama. I guess not. But what about Rhode Island? Yukon? No. Colgate. Old Dominion. That's jump East, into that bus East off. Tennessee
2: State. No. no, I I think Middle Tennessee State. How about that? I did. I will. Or, or uh, the and they are the Blue Raiders or North Carolina A and T. I saw. I'm looking at the top twenty-five a, FCS teams. Why are you
1: looking at FCS, man? I just said no FCS.
2: No, no, no. That's 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 cool. We we got it. <laughs> Jacksonville State. They're four and one, ranked number seven right now. <laughs> can y'all hear my? Can y'all hear my click? Yes, we can. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Cracked myself up. Thought that was
1: fun. All right. Let's actually talk about some. Well, I, I'm sorry. Why don't you finish
2: your? Oh, I just wanted to finish my thought that we'll get to. We'll get to go back to the leech days of four cupcakes and then... Give me UMass. Yeah. let's The uh, Minutemen. Weber State.
1: Hey, uh, it was a Tupperville game. Well, I don't think he scheduled it, it, but he played it. Yeah, it was... Ben McCroy had like four near touchdown, kick return touchdowns. Every time he like broke free, he was like, he's finally going to do it. He'd trip over nothing. <laughs> He'd trip over the yard line. Tortilla. It's probably what it was. Maybe. All right, sorry. We're we're getting we're getting off track and derailed. That's not, that's not like us. No, not at all. So let's talk about Texas Tech football for this weekend. Making the trip to Fort Worth. Kind of a short drive on the west side of the Metroplex. Thursday night, six thirty. Real short turnaround from the time you're hearing this to the game time. Get ready. Here it comes. Who's starting at quarterback, Michael? I gotta ask you first.
2: I, I, I still think I think it's gonna be Duffy. I still think Duffy's to be. gonna start. It has to be
1: because I found this little tidbit. Well, it was.
2: Yeah, I'll just go ahead and take credit
1: for it. <laughs> okay, go go right ahead. This tidbit that um, those that are recovering from a collapsed lung or pneumothorax are oh wait,
2: especially
1: <laughs> sensitive <laughs> pneumothorax.
2: Yeah. We learned something.
1: Especially sensitive to pressure changes. Obviously, because that's a pressure change of, like, that's what caused the injury. So, Alan Bowman may not be able to board an airplane. It's a short trip. There has been some conflicting research on how long he should be off the plane, but it's generally accepted. It should be off two two to three weeks post-injury resolution. I would take that as... His discharge date from the hospital, but even if it's the day it happened, he would be at, what, 10, 11 days?
2: Definitely not at least two weeks. Uh, He's only been out of the hospital a week.
1: Right. And he he, he obviously sustained it on a Saturday.
2: Right. And then he was out on Wednesday afternoon, I believe. The following Wednesday. So he's only been out, well, he will be out a week
1: tomorrow. Right. Today, whenever you hear
2: it. Yeah, by the time kickoff comes around, he he will have only been out of the hospital eight days. The question was asked, if he can't fly,
1: will somebody drive him? I'd I'd do that. And Kingsbury said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. If he's not healthy enough to be with the team on an airplane, don't think it's really all that prudent for him to be back into that situation where he could be hit, the injury could re, re reoccur, end up staying a few extra days in Fort Worth. Nobody wants that. Well, I say that. Fort Worth is hey, kind of a cool town. Fort Worth's
2: not bad. I've got the treasury. But... Is it the... Tre- no, it's not the... Tre- the mint. The mint. That's what they have. That was a cool trip. Is it peppermint or spearmint? No, and it's where they make the money. I'm sorry. <laughs> sheets and sheets of cash, man. Just just cash Cash-aline. laying around just all over the place. You just put it in your pockets every time you leave. You stuff your pockets and go home. Cash. So all of us all of us, internet doctors are pontificating
1: that Bowman is not healthy enough to, to play just yet. Haven't heard enough about Carter to assume he's ready to come back. He has been practicing
2: on a limited basis. Right. And uh, Kingsbury said something about if he can put pressure on his foot, then uh, he's got to be able to push, push off his leg and run and make plays, is what he said. And then he said if he can't do that, he won't play. But – if he's saying that, then he's saying he can't do it. I would imagine he's unable to do so currently. That, I want to get back with the Okay, tell me the tell me the fancy name for the Pneumothorax. Is that what scuba divers experience? Is that why they can't travel in airplanes after going scuba diving? Because there's a there's a similar thing.
1: No, because that is the condition of a collapsed lung. That's what it's called. Okay. Uh, theirs is probably
2: Uh, Is is that that something about getting blood or oxygen to your head? Yeah, the blood gas mixture issue. But it is a pressure thing, right? Yes, because if you
1: surface too quickly after being pressurized, you could create gas pressure issues within your body, not just on your lung, but like in your blood. You talk like you work at a hospital or something. I work in the communications and marketing department, man. (laughs) But yes, I do work at a hospital. You're, you're You're very close. So... I think it's safe to say that probably see Duffy roll out there as a starter. I think so I too. I think we've covered that enough to say I'm confident or not I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Interested to see what he can do against TCU.
2: Probably the most comfortable I have ever been with third string quarterback starting on a road game. Because if you think about previous
1: third string quarterbacks playing for you. Probably the Dagey's uh, the only one I can think of. Vinny Testaverde.
2: Oh, that's right. Well, I know uh, that year that we went back and forth between pots and sticks. Deggie played too. Yeah, he's, I think he got the start against Kansas. He did. It was home, mm-hmm. but and he played great. <laughs> Speaking of Kansas, real quick, did
1: you guys see that the kickoff set for two thirty against Kansas?
2: Yeah. What the crazy? We fact. avoided an eleven a.m. game. I think there's was that the week where there's only two or three games, or maybe it's this Saturday. Anyway, yeah, two thirty kick at homecoming against Kansas. So everybody burn up that blacktop, coming up on 84, get back up here, 2.30. I'll be waiting for you with some tortillas.
1: Okay, so let's talk about this game a little bit. I don't have any notes in front of me. I'm just going to pull some stuff out of my head. So Sean Robinson probably isn't playing. You'll you'll hear on a conversation with Jamie Plunkett from Frogs of War talking about their starting quarterback issues. Spoiler alert, he doesn't think that he's well enough to go. Uh, Jamie said he was at the game. On that side of the field, when it happened, said from his seat, he could hear Robinson screaming. Oh from my the gosh! Okay, so man, he, he said that alone was probably like, eh, he's probably not ready to come back yet. I wouldn't well, think so. As a full-time starter, Patterson's been waffling whether or not he will play. He said, "Well, it came out today that Patterson will not name a starting quarterback because Kingsbury won't name a starting quarterback." Yeah, <laughs> well, Kingsbury wasn't ever going to name a starting quarterback. That's that's his M.O. The only time he's ever done that was Patrick Mahomes,
2: his junior year. He's like,
1: Yeah, it'll be it'll be Mahomes. We're good.
2: There's I think no I think in. that was it. <laughs> I think that was just about exactly how he said it. And the rest of the time, yeah, you, you didn't know. Yeah. I've
1: so Robinson's not gonna be playing. Um his backup, Michael Collins, has played for like two series, sub fifty percent completion percentage. I was against Texas. He's a bigger guy, more of a pocket passer. Maybe Six, five. Can, can do a little bit of moving, but they're still going to rely heavily on the run. Uh, TCU, if you look at their offense, play calling. Blank out his name. Is Sonny Cumby is running like a 55-45 run-to-pass ratio. Robinson was their third leading rusher in attempts. So that balance may seem to skew back towards passing or just the running backs are going to have to pick up a heavier load. Darius Anderson, Shea Alana Lua.
2: Yes, got it. Man, fist pump on that one.
1: Cavante um, Turpin, probably healthy to come back. Jalen Rager, Tech Legacy. You need to watch out for him. So I, I think the interesting things we need to talk about. Before we get to the TCU side of it, let's just jump right to the predictions and preview and all that kind of stuff. On my note sheet I've got the line for this game has moved I would say kind of drastically from it opening on Saturday, like or so Sunday, three days ago. It is now but depending where you look, between seven and eight and a half for TCU. I just looked. which is down from like eleven and a half when it opened.
2: I just looked on my score app as you were As you were pulling that out, and it's at 7. So TCU minus 7. People are putting some money on the Red Raiders. Spoiler alert, put me down for
1: Texas Tech covering there. Even if they don't win, it's going to be a close game. I don't think TCU is going to
2: beat you by touchdown. I agree with that.
1: Over-under set at 61.5. Where do you see this one going? Remember, backup quarterback for TCU and third-string quarterback for Texas Tech. I'm kind of showing my hand here. I'm gonna take the under. Hang on, what was it? Sixty one and a half? Sixty one and a half. So you don't think You're looking oh at it like gosh. a
2: well thirty twenty seven, that would be an under.
1: Which that seems like a lot of points in
2: that game for this game. It does.
1: If you're scoring thirty you could points, talk me in
2: the under on that too.
1: If you're scoring thirty points, you're probably winning this game. I don't think TCU can score thirty points against your defense. Knock on wood here. Your defense has not allowed a point in the second half to a Big 12 opponent yet.
2: Oh, and I wanted to throw this out there too: TCU's last three fourth quarters, they have only scored three points, and those three points came last week against Iowa State.
1: Sorry if you're hearing my dog bark. I knocked on the on the
2: table, and now she thinks that somebody's here. <laughs> Dumb dog. There's company. No, the so I, my theory is that their offense may kind of stall late. That seems Which to be plays a, a into thing the, that they do.
1: plays into your defense that seems
2: to to kind of really shut it down late. Right. That, I was trying to word that question for you to ask. Sorry. And, and I couldn't figure out how to do it because I wanted to point out, okay, Tech has had trouble defensively allowing 24, 21, 28 points in the first quarter, and TCU's had trouble offensively only like getting three points in the last three fourth quarters of their games. And that three points what came can, in the
1: the game winning field goal against uh, Iowa State.
2: Yeah, that was kind of a big deal. But At yeah, the they into that game. They they went scoreless against Texas in the fourth, and uh, I'm blanking on their other. Op- oh, Ohio State. They went scoreless in that one too in the fourth. And the games were the, the games were really close up until then for those last two games, or the Texas and Ohio State game. But so I don't
1: want to give too much of away of our interview with. Uh, Jamie Plunkett from Frogs of War. But, well, I didn't give my, my prediction in that part of the interview. I will go ahead and say, I'm taking the Red Raiders to win this bad boy. You're taking them to win. I'm going to cover. I'm going to go under on the over-under.
2: It's going to be a defensive battle.
1: The The matchup on, on ESPN, the FEI index, FEI, yeah, I was right, is a 50.5 to 49.5 advantage to TCU. As close as the possible as you close. can get. Yeah. If you look at the S&P rankings for the, the, both teams, I think Texas Tech is 26th. TCU is 31st, so really close in that in those rankings. TCU obviously is kind of buoyed by their, well, I say that. Both teams are buoyed by one side of, the, of their team. Texas Tech's offense is like 6th, and their defense is like 100th in S&P+. Oh. TCU, however, defense is 18th. Offense is in the seventies, I think.
2: All right. So yeah, it could be kind of an ugly game. <laughs> is that ugly? what you're
1: getting at? <laughs> they've, they've turned the ball over a ton. I would say mo- my, most of that has been Sean Robinson. We're not sure how their backup will do in his first real meaningful time. Looking forward to the game. I think, I, like I said, I think we're gonna pull it out.
2: And, and I know this isn't, uh, you know, this isn't first take type stuff, but I'm with you. I'm picking Tech in this one too to win because I like our third string quarterback more than their second string quarterback. Absolutely. So I'm I'm taking I'm taking our chances with that. And uh we've it's been a pretty even series with TCU since they've hopped into the big twelve. Yes, and
1: most games have been close, except for, what,
2: 2012? Oh, the 82-27, yeah, that's just... And then the game last week. It just week, gives year. me, it just, oh man, it makes my eyes roll back in my head, it makes me so angry. That game was terrible, but yeah, the rest of them have all been competitive. Yeah, you've gone to overtime twice. Yes. You've won both of those games. In Fort Worth. Yep. I think they were both in Fort Worth. One with Eric Ward having a heck of a day, and then the other one was Mahomes deciding to... Be my homes. That was the day we had our our uh, baby shower. I remember I watched part of that. The that was Buffalo the
1: Buffalo Wild Wings. The first,
2: very nice. <laughs> that was the first game I did the
1: five the post game five things post. Oh, okay. And it was like nerve wracking to try to like keep stats and everything and like watch the game. And I was over at my my sister in law's house. Anyways, with that, let's get to the interview we had with Jamie Plunkett from Frogs of War. All right, everybody, we are joined by Jamie Plunkett the managing editor for Frogs of War, the SB Nation site covering TCU Athletics. Jamie, I want to thank you for joining us tonight.
0: I'm glad to join you guys. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, so we, we've we been doing this with some of our other uh, in-game, or I guess in-season football opponents leading up to the season, leading up to the game, where we do uh, an interview and a preview of the game. I think with both teams, really, but for for TCU, since we're going to be talking about them this week, one of the biggest questions is, who's going to start at quarterback? We've heard, um, I guess it was today, or one of the, I guess, DFW media members said that Gary Patterson's not going to name a starting starting quarterback because Kingsbury's not going to name a starting quarterback. So who do you think we're going to see trot out there to start uh, on Thursday night?
0: You know, I, uh, I, I love Gary Patterson's games gamesmanship. He always... Uh, is unwilling to give up even the slightest edge to the opponent. So I applaud him for being stubborn in that way. Um, But it does make it a little complex as to who is actually going to be starting behind center for the Frogs. I would really honestly be surprised if it was Sean Robinson, uh, you know, witnessing that injury live against um, Iowa State uh, and just, you know, hearing, being able to hear his scream from where I was. Uh, it, it sounded like a really bad injury. I know that he probably will play. He's gotten a lot better quickly, which is really good for Frog fans to hear. But I, I think that TCU fans and Tech fans alike should be expecting uh, a significant amount of Michael Collins on Thursday night. Um, just because, you know, at this point in the season with the Frogs 3-2 and two and, the, and the season kind of on the edge, do you really want to push a guy? who isn't a hundred percent when you have a redshirt sophomore, Michael Collins, who really pushed for the starting job throughout fall camp and, and was pretty close to winning the job himself, you know? So I, I think it's mostly Michael Collins. I think he gets to the start, but I wouldn't be su- wouldn't be surprised if we do see uh, some Sean Robinson in spots on, on Thursday.
1: Yeah. So it definitely makes sense. And I, I don't know again for who, who would start for Texas tech. I think we're hearing that, you know, Bowman may not be even able to fly with the team and not that that's that long of a drive. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just makes that a little bit more interesting that both teams uh, are already kind of looking at starting not the ideal quarterback. But tell us a little bit about how the offense maybe changes uh, with Collins behind center as opposed to Robinson.
0: You know, I, I think the biggest... Uh, the biggest thing with Robinson is his mobility and his size. I mean, he's a big kid. He's six to uh, 235 pounds and he can run. He's got like four or five speed. And so his dual threat ability is really what set him apart from Collins at fall camp. Uh, that's not to say that Collins isn't mobile because he is a pretty decent runner himself. And I think he surprised a lot of folks with his ability to run in fall camp. Uh, and I think that's part of the reason the competition was so close. Um, but he definitely isn't as mobile as Robinson. He does have a really good arm, uh, an incredibly strong arm. Uh, as one of the guys on the team a couple weeks ago actually compared Collins' arm to Javon Boykin's, uh, who always had his arm underestimated when he was at TCU. Uh, and, and Collins has a, an incredible arm. He's accurate on the deep ball. Uh, so I don't, I don't see the offense having to change too much. Um, realistically, you would probably see less designed runs for Collins than you would for Robinson. Uh, probably fewer zone reads, and real just more true true running plays to Shea wola and Darius Anderson. Uh, but as far as the offensive balance run to pass, you wouldn't probably see too much of a difference with either of them uh, taking snaps.
1: So is, is Collins a little bit better at protecting the ball than, than Robinson? I think that was one of the biggest concerns that everybody, I guess, would have with, with Robinson is that he has a tendency to throw some interceptions, uh, fumble the ball. When you look at the game against Texas Tech last year, I think he – fumbled it multiple times and mm-hmm. you know was able to recover all but one of them uh is Collins a little bit better with with ball security
0: you know we're not sure at this point he hasn't really seen meaningful snaps yet he played for a series against Texas a couple of weeks ago when Robinson got banged up for a moment um and but we really haven't seen Collins grow too much uh in a meaningful moment yet so that's still kind of an un- unanswerable question uh Hopefully, because Robinson's turnovers have been incredibly costly for TCU this year. You look at the third quarters against Ohio State and Texas; those interceptions and those fumbles really turned the game against TCU and and arguably cost them a a five and zero record at this point. Um, So hopefully, he is uh, because you you know some of the mistakes Robinson has made have been pretty pretty bad to this point. Uh, But that's just—it's still up in the air because we haven't seen Collins play too much yet.
1: Sure. Now let's talk about the, I guess the rest of the team. Not unlike Texas Tech, you guys have had some, some injuries, and this this bye week has come at, at a pretty good time. Uh, I think it was an article on, on your guys' site talking about you know um, some of the guys that were coming back from, from injury, uh, namely like Nico Small, Quante Turpin. Mm-hmm. So what is the te- what is the health of the rest of the team look like? Are are these guys going to be able to go on Thursday?
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right that the bye week came at, at a good time for the Frogs. Nico will probably be playing. Turpin definitely will play. He took a huge hit against Iowa State that probably should have been a targeting call uh, that was overturned, actually, uh, much to the chagrin of TCU fans in the stadium. Uh, but he, you know, he had a couple stitches that he needed from the hit. But other than that, uh, he should be good to go. The big question mark is Cordell Owogu, the starting left guard, uh, the offense, he he came out after I think the second series against Texas and the offensive line just does not look the same without him. Uh, so if he's able to go, uh, I think that impacts TCU's offense in a positive way. If he's not, then the question is really how is the offensive line going to hold up without him for a third straight week?
1: Sure. So yeah. let's, let's, let's talk about some of these guys that um, Texas Tech fans may not be familiar with, but you think... Uh, they should be aware of going into the game. Is there somebody that we don't know about that could potentially have a big game for the Frogs?
0: Well, the name that everybody's starting to learn is Jalen Rager. Uh, He had an incredible incredible freshman year last year. He's off to a great start again this year. Uh, So he's obviously a huge, huge threat at wide receiver. Uh, You know, I think some of the names that uh, people don't quite know yet are on the defensive side of the ball. You you look at uh, Garrett Wallow at starting linebacker as, uh, you know, a, a really young guy. Um, this kid has all the makings of the next kind of great TCU linebacker to follow in that lineage that TCU's put together uh, in the 4-2-5. He's incredibly fast. He plays 100% all of the time. Uh, realistically the biggest thing that he needs to do at this point is check his emotions. He's a big hitter. He's great in coverage and he's fast as hell. So, you know, Garrett Wallow, number 30 at the linebacker spot is a guy to keep your head on, uh, keep your eye on, especially against that really, really diverse and and talented Texas tech offense. Um, And then offensively uh, you know, I, I, realistically most of most of these guys on offense are a known commodity at this point you've got rager you've got turpin you've got two senior receivers and jalen austin and Jerrison stewart you've got shawo and darius anderson uh who are both pretty well known at this point um and, and you know it's a veteran squad on the offensive side of the ball outside of some spots on offensive line and quarterback so garrett wallow uh along the defensive line you've obviously got ben baniguit who people know but um a guy who's been stepping up a lot this year in the absence of Ross Blacklock is Corey Bethley, another defensive tackle, who actually leads the team in sacks right now through uh, through five games. Uh, he's been incredible from the three tech spot, um, and so hopefully he'll be able to kind of disrupt Tech's offense a little bit from the defense, from, from the three tech spot on Thursday night. Because if he can, uh, you know, regardless of who is playing quarterback at that point, uh, you know, he, he you know TCU's defense is gonna is gonna put up a good fight.
1: Yeah, so I would say from a, a Texas Tech fan standpoint that Rager's not an unknown name for us. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> but to, to your point, um, you know we've 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 kind of followed the, the TCU defense from afar, and they've always done really well, especially in conference and slowing down some of the spread teams. Uh, this season, at least for me, I haven't I haven't heard of any like big names outside of um, the defensive end you mentioned. I'm, I'm blank on his name. Um, ben. I'm so sorry. Um, So is, is the defense this year uh, more or less the same as, as it always, has it always been? Is it always, is it, is it still going to be as strong or is there, is there a weakness to to this defense this year or kind of tell us a little bit about the, 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 2018 version of the TC defense.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I think at some of the, at some of the key positions, it's as strong as it has been, obviously, a defensive end. You've got the Big 12 Defensive Preseason Player of the Year in Ben Vanague, who's coming back off of an 18 or an eight and a half sack season last year. Uh, projected high round pick in the NFL Draft in April. Uh, you've got Jeff Gladney, who Tech fans should remember from last year. He had the 97 yard interception for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's kind of the number one corner. Nico Small's been around for a while. Um, you've is Ridwan Isahaku. Uh, you know, you've got he's got a lot of depth at, at safety. Some some interesting spots, though, really at that other tackle spot uh, alongside Corey Bethley, uh, you know, Ross Blacklock was supposed to be there. A, a All-American last year, an incredible force along the defensive line, and he's He's being replaced by kind of a rotation of guys at this point. Some redshirt freshmen, Terrell Cooper and, and George Ellis, and a senior Joe Broadnax who is is a solid player. But, you know, none of those guys are as talented at this point as Blacklock was. So that's, uh, you know, and, and TCU's been gashed a little bit with the run the last couple of games. So they're missing Blacklock a little bit, I think. Um, at the linebacker spot, you know, you've got Garrett Wallow, You've got Alec Dunham, who's a guy who's just kind of bided his time and waited for his opportunity. Arico Evans is another guy, a linebacker, that's been playing really well. Uh, the Northern Illinois transfer, Jawan Johnson, has played really well in limited time. Um, and you've got Ty Summers, who is kind of a do-it-all guy on defense for TCU. And so this is a defense that still really flies around. They've got incredible team speed. Uh, the corners are pretty pretty solid in coverage this year. Uh, Julius Lewis is still working mentally through an ACL injury from last season. And so you see him uh, hesitate a little bit here and then, and, and against an offense like tech, obviously that's a, a big no, no. So hopefully he, hopefully he overcomes that before Thursday. Um, but yeah, this is, this is kind of your traditional four-two-five Gary Patterson defense. That's going to fly around, try to make big plays, uh, hit you really hard, but ultimately they are a little susceptible to to the big play over the top. And so that's, that's definitely
1: something to look for Thursday night. Okay, so let's, let's go ahead and talk about that game. Um, the line is—it's is, been interesting to watch. It's—it's it's been moving around a little bit. I think right now, currently, it's depending where you look, it's between minus seven to minus eight and a half for TCU. Uh, I saw an over/under today. It was sixty-one and a half. Where do you see this game going? And and go ahead and, and give us your prediction for the game.
0: You know, I—I am a little concerned about this game. I won't lie. Uh, it was really impressive to see what jet duffy did against west virginia's defense in the second half of that game uh, a couple weeks ago um, or was that last week at the, i can't even remember at this point but it was it was impressive to see what what duffy did uh, a couple weeks ago against west virginia and um, you know just the offensive talent that, that y'all have is i mean y'all are stacked there's no way around it and so it's it'll be interesting to see how TCU's defense uh, plays against an offense that's uh, really diverse like this uh, I, I compare you all as far as team speed on offense to, to Ohio State. Uh, they had some just lightning-fast wide receivers and obviously a really solid mobile quarterback. Uh, and so if, if, Duffy is, if Duffy is the guy on Thursday night, I, you know, I think they're going to give TCU some problems. Uh, offensively, it's all about rhythm for TCU. They've been off the last couple of weeks. Uh, Texas really gave them problems. Iowa state really gave them problems. I'm not sure that Texas' defense is as good as, as either of those two defenses. Um, so hopefully TCU's offense can score more points than they have in the last couple of weeks. I was really surprised, honestly, though, to see that TCU was favored in this game. Um, both teams coming in at three and two, having some, some solid wins, but have, have shown real weaknesses and susceptibility to, to big plays at times. Uh, you know, I was, I was shocked that the line was where it was. Um, I don't know that TCU covers. I do think the Frogs end up winning this game, but I think it's kind of a, a shootout really close down to the wire game. Maybe it takes a, a like a Jonathan Song field goal to win it in, in the last moments of the fourth quarter for, for the Horned Frogs.
1: Yeah, these games, I mean, outside of probably last year and then in, what uh, was it, 2014, have been really entertaining games. have been back and forth, uh, down to the wire type games. I, I would agree with you that it's going to be a, a close game. I don't know if it'll be seven or eight, eight and a half points. Uh, the, no, definitely not. One of the one of the predictions I saw was more like a two or three point game, and I think that's more in line.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Sixty one kind of feels like a lot of
0: points for this game. It really does.
1: So I, I you know, if I was going to pick it, I would say um, Tech covers, and I would take the under on that one. I don't really. It would for me. It really comes down to, on how the starting quarterback for Texas Tech is able to uh, take take care of the ball and not turn it over and then if the defense for Texas Tech is able to to keep uh whoever it is you know uh, starting for for the frogs you know off balance and force some turnovers that they haven't done the past few weeks so yeah i i would expect a close game i'm I'm looking forward to seeing it I, we did have one question um this is I guess going back to, to our roots, as, as, as any, if, we're, if we're anything, we're, we're, we're a food podcast first. <laughs> so we had a question come in, and I've got some thoughts on this, but I want to ask you first. Is there a better hamburger joint close to TCU than Rodeo Goat?
0: Yeah, I saw this in your email, and I've been thinking about it for a while now. Uh, there are so many good burgers to be had in Fort Worth, uh, and Rodeo Goat is definitely up there. It's one of my favorite burgers, personally. Um, you know, I think the average CCU fan would, would hang their hat, uh, on Dutch's and as Dutch's is the home of the frogs War podcast. I guess I should promote them a little bit. Uh, (laughs) Dutch's has one heck of a burger. I, I would, I would recommend the Texana from there. It's an avocado and ranch burger, uh, that is phenomenal. Um, you know, there, I mean, there are a couple other really, really solid burger places. Kincaid's being one, uh, you know, it's, it's more of a chain, but Jake's is a pretty good burger too. um, but yeah, I mean, you can't, you definitely can't go wrong with Rodeo Goat. So if that's where you're headed, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to change your mind off of, off of Rodeo Goat. That's for sure.
1: So I've never been to Rodeo Goat, but I have been to Kincaid's and it was fantastic. My, my stepdad used to live out there in, in that area. Oh, nice. And then when, uh, when he and my mom got married, he would take us back he was like, you guys have to try this place. And it like legit changed my world.
0: Dude, it's such a good burger, and it's like that little kind of dinky, dirty hole-in-the-wall place. It's got that really nice vibe when you walk in. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this grill's been used a million times, and they've probably cleaned it once. <laughs> and it's just the burger's going to be that perfect, perfectly cooked, delicious, delicious burger.
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. All right, Jamie, th- thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, go ahead and, and give everybody where they can find you on Twitter and maybe read some of your work.
0: For sure. So, yeah, obviously, frogsaward.com. That's frogs o. War.com is where uh, myself and Melissa Treewasser are the co managing ed- editors. Uh, I am at Frog Preacher on Twitter, and our Twitter handle is at FrogZoWar. And you can follow me all of those places and all the great writing that our, that our staff does. All right.
1: Again, everybody, thanks for joining us. Uh, Jamie, I appreciate Look forward to the game this, this week. This week, almost said this weekend. It's just a bad habit, <laughs> <The> game being <laughs> on a Thursday. Um. Good luck, and I hope everybody stays healthy for the game.
0: Absolutely. Uh, looking forward to Thursday night.
1: Yes, sir. All right. We want to thank Jamie for joining us on the Twenty Three Personnel Podcast. It was going to be a tough ask, but if you need some TCU information, go check out Frogs of War. They do a pretty good job over there. I say pretty good job. I'm, it's not because of them, but because of the owner of their platform. That they have a, a, they've got a podcast as well. You heard all of his social media. I'm, I'm doing this from memory. That that recording for me was like three hours
2: ago. Man, three hours ago is an is an eternity for me. And podcasting, it's
1: like it's way gone.
2: It's just gone. So thank you, Jamie. Yes, thank you for always
1: giving us or having another great interview, another great guest. Keep on
2: rolling. Let's get to the questions. We we didn't have we didn't have a lot of questions this week, guys. What? What gives? But the two we got. Oh man, they're they're they're, they're good solid. ones.
1: Can always count on Clutch. Yep. Well, I say that we've got two Clutch supporters, submitters, question submitters. One, of course, Brian Don Carlos, the Phantom
2: RPO. Love it. That's his new. That's his new name. He's it's so it's, good at it's, those. it's a good one.
1: His questions. Okay. Plus minus one and a half turnovers gained by Tech on Thursday.
2: We both did the exact. Great thing. line. <laughs> that is a great line, Brian. Uh, it really made us think. Because I would say under, except if Robinson was playing, I, I might take the over on that one. But like I would say under too, because I think we're going to have some on offense. Well, it, it's not
1: he's not talking about margin. He just has gained.
2: Well, does that change your mind? Oh, oh, it does. Oh, it does change.
1: Yeah, he, he doesn't say he doesn't say margin.
2: Okay, so our defense will get either one. Or, or two, more than one, or more than one, <laughs> less oh, than one zero. and a half or more than one and a half. We <laughs> that's, that's, know how bets work, y'all don't. Y'all don't ride us in. We know how they work. Okay, nah, that does change things a little bit. I say over then. If 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 that's all it is, I thought it was like end of game margin. The team as a whole would end up with plus or minus one and a half. Yeah, that's, that's not. But that's if not it's how just the it. defense, yeah. I would say I would say plus because, by God, we're owed some from last year.
1: They had seven fumbles and, and it recovered one. Seven, we recovered one. Yeah, so and then didn't score.
2: And it was from that quarterback. Of course, he won't He's, play. Well, but still he, he may play. He just he, may not start. He might know. almost play. I love for him to come in to and either fumble Patterson. or throw an interception.
1: And like, nope, you're not ready yet, and come just, back out.
2: <laughs> yeah, just get our mythical bet. Uh, I, I I would I'm going to say over then. I'm going to say over if I'm it's the defense is if the I'm going to say that the defense will recover two or more turnovers. Give me one. All right, all right. Well, we'll I'm not just, going zero. I'm just going one. All right, we're going to settle up after this recording, and I will get fifty dollars <laughs> cash, cashola,
1: cash money. All right. Question number two from Brian. This is a good one. It's got me thinking. What season has the best food slash desserts? Just makes me smile to think of this question. Well, okay, here, I'm gonna split it up. I'm gonna say summer. When you think of like summer, I think of like cooking out and grilling. Yeah, grilling and smoking. And barbecue smoking. Yep. So I'm gonna say summer for best food, best desserts. Also, you you may think like cobblers and stuff, but I'm gonna go like fall for like just all the yummy stuff. We are not disagreeing at all
2: today. I I think okay yeah the only reason that I even thought twice about it not being fall for both was because of grilling in the summer. That was the only thing that held me back because fall has it's got the fair. My favorite holiday too, Thanksgiving. And all the Thanksgiving foods you get. And not just the Thanksgiving foods you get, but the expectation that you're supposed to eat all of them and it's, that it's okay. You're supposed to overeat. Yeah, you you go to someone's house and they have nine pies and you're, well... I gotta try all gotta of them. gotta try all of them. I guess a little sliver of each one. You know, you've gotta try them all. Uh, I the, love pumpkin the, this pie. This one
1: pumpkin pie is different from that one. I gotta try both of them. I
2: know. I love pumpkin pie. I know people, that's kind of a polarizing pie. People usually either love it or hate it. And my wife happens to it. hate it. <laughs> so mom makes that for me every year. <laughs> And then, uh, pumpkin, I mean, uh, pecan pie. We've, you and I, I know you and I go, we, we disagree on pecan pie, but pecan pie is just kind of good anytime, but it's definitely brought out around Thanksgiving. I think the only thing that rivals fall for desserts would be winter because of Christmas. Because there's so many delicious Christmas candies and barks and, uh, that's when like the chocolate covered pretzels come out. Yeah, the, like the fudges. Chocolate covered everything shows up on Christmas. That's that's not a bad, that's not a bad look either. Fruit cakes. I'm, I'm kidding. I don't know. I don't hate them like people, like most people do. But,
1: and I'm not considering like Halloween as fall because like when you think about Halloween foods, it's it's either like pumpkin or it's candy.
2: Right. The only and thing caramel apple that yes. might be like a Halloween. Food. He, not a fan of the caramel apple. You're right about the fair though. You're totally right. Cause the fair, especially this year was during the fall. So that is a fall food. Mm-hmm. Get turkey legs, all the fried things, all the fried things you can get. State fair's still going. Masterpiece nachos, masterpiece nachos, $4. So, okay. I have to ask you this though. This may make or break
1: the podcast. Like you may not be welcome back. Depending on how you answer this question. What's your stance on candy corn?
2: I really enjoy it. I had some today. Get out. (laughs) What are you, what mess are you talking? I had had three, I had three little handfuls of it today at work. A coworker of mine.
1: Handfuls?
2: Well, not hand, you know what I mean? Like a, that's disgusting. Like in your palm. It's a palm, a palm full. It's sugar. Seven starch. Yeah, it's great. It's, have you ever had Starburst candy corn? Even better. Well that's Starburst then.
1: Well, I'm talking about yeah, like it is. original candy
2: corn. Yeah, I even like the pumpkins. Oh my gosh. The pumpkins are good too. Have you had the candy corn with a little chocolate tip? You're gonna make me sick. <laughs> I think they have a candy corn uh what was it? What do they make it? Baja? No, Dad it. What do they make at Bahama Bucks? Frozen. They've got a bullion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Man, I was, it took I me a for... while. It's not even worth going back, but I'm there now. I think they make a candy corn shaved ice that I'm probably going to have to try. And they they suggested you have it with chocolate cream. Th- that doesn't sound good to you? Not at all. <laughs> I like candy corn, but I, I wanted to I wanted to tell you this too. It's funny you mentioned all this because my coworker who brought it, she took a picture of it. On uh, I think she brought it up over the weekend and took a picture of it. Huge bowl of it. And, and I think she hates it too, but she, she, and then she tagged like two or three other people. She's like, I know, you know, y'all are going to be really happy to see some candy corn. And I, of course, re- you know, replied and showed her that I was also going to be excited to see some candy corn. <laughs> so I think there's, there's a giant tub of it in our office. And as far as I know, there's only three of us that are going to eat it. <laughs> That's <so nasty. laughs> okay. I didn't, I didn't know that was going to make or break the podcast. I didn't know where you were going.
1: I'm like on the
2: verge of taking you out of my house. (laughs) Have you ever had it with dry roasted peanuts? No. What? It's so delicious. Why
1: would you destroy dry roasted peanuts with that? It it enhances them. Obviously,
2: I'm going to disagree because I don't think it enhances anything. You just do half and half, like half dry roasted peanuts, half candy corn. Maybe throw some M Ms in there if you're feeling crazy. That's a that's a delightful mix. What are you looking
1: up over there? Sorry, I was I was going to Red Raider Red Meats. Oh, to see what
2: they're do they have a they special have a this Halloween
1: week? meat sale going on? And it, I wish we were I wish we were sponsored.
2: But is it, is it candy corn burgers? No, that's disgusting. Da, that would be terrible. They just I I don't know what like it's a great
1: deal. I just look at the jalapeno cheddar sausage like, "Oh, that just sounds really good." 4 4.99 for a package. That seems like a I don't know what a package is. Is it a pound? I don't know. It just says per package.
2: It's not. That's not bad. I think three fifty is
1: kind of the going rate. USDA aged prime brisket, three ninety nine a pound. I aged. If, I don't know if that's uh, if that's trimmed or not. And that's that's pretty good. It's like like we're reading the the ads, like the weekend uh, newspaper ads.
2: No, that's pretty good because the brisket I just bought. At uh, Costco was a 16 pound brisket, and it was right about that same price. And it was not an aged brisket, but it was prime, because that's what I think they sell all their at Costco. Needs are uh,
1: pr- or aged? No, I didn't know that. Okay, really, I I need to know who to get in touch with so we can like, dude, you guys need to sponsor us because we're giving you so much free advertising. Right now sure, with our hundreds of listeners. You
2: know what else? We I just thought of another possible queso sponsor, Leal's.
1: I nearly gagged on their salsa, so no thanks.
2: What? It's disgusting.
1: It's water with onion in it. It's red water with onion. Well that sponsor went
2: out the window. <laughs> we should have brought this up off air. My fault. So does so does so does Brox or whoever makes candy corn. We should have tested this before. <laughs> Where's our focus group? We didn't set that up this week. Okay. All right, before we go too far off the rails, we don't have an update for Cord Cutters Corner. Wait, wait, we do. Wait, this just in. The finger. I do have an update. I told him before we started that I didn't. They fixed my sprinkler system. Oh, finally. Uh, one of the sprinkler heads still doesn't work, that but I think it's fixed. just stopped up, and I'm not sure how to deal with that, but uh, there's that. And then I got to have a conversation on Twitter this just this evening with someone who was looking into cord cutting options. Very nice. Who writes for, uh, I think she writes for Guns Up Nation. We follow each other on Twitter. And uh, she was looking into Hulu Live and I recommended it. So I felt like I'm a, a, you know, I know what I'm talking about. She didn't ask me. She just (laughs) asked her followers. And you're like, I got you, boo. Oh, I got you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what to do. We we this made our stuff.
1: our first step towards cord cutting. We purchased a new TV. I don't know if you noticed when you walked in. I did not. Probably because you haven't seen our old TV. It's now in our bedroom, which has been great, but it's kept us up way too late. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> so we got a we got a 4K 55 inch Roku TV.
2: Oh, that's cool. I remember when those first came out a few years ago. So we've got it like ready to go, not the 4K, for the streaming but... services. Man,
1: that's great. Got Netflix, Hulu. Amazon Prime YouTube like all, all that and more so it's, it's ready to go once we get subscription signed up that kind of well I mean, we've got Netflix and Hulu already so we're getting close you're getting there well may, it may be this upcoming spring once we get our we get off the discount from suddenly because they are like, oh, you've been with us for a year let's grow you guys yeah
2: here's 20 here you know pay us 20 more bucks for being a loyal customer yep per month all right we've got one update for going yard and it's not a good
1: one. We've got some rain this past week, Michael. I've noticed. And I don't... I've never had this problem before. In any other house I lived in, other wood fences, I can't open my gate. Because, because yours is
2: a brand new wood fence.
1: So dumb. Like That's all it is. I, Same thing happened to me last year. So I tried to take the trash out last night. It was like wouldn't budge, welded shut. If you can weld wood, it, the... I kicked that bad boy open and then immediately regret. I was like, shoot, (laughs) because now when I try to close it, not only does the latch hit the middle support beam coming from the the (laughs) latch side, (laughs) the bottom support beam like overlaps the gate by like an, like a full inch. I was like, where did all that movement come from? Once the gate swung open. So the, my back gate newsflash, isn't securely closed
2: oh nobody everybody within earshot of hq south but come, if anybody else has opened come get their... this new 55 inch roku tv <laughs> no you
1: can come get the box because that's on the back patio <laughs> <laughs> because i try to take it out also when I, I i got the the fence open to take it out the trash legit standing water all the way across the alley it's like Well, that's dumb. I'm not, and both lids were closed on the dumpster and literally are right across the alley from our gate.
2: Oh man. But they were closed. So you couldn't even toss it. I couldn't toss it. Okay. I've got, I've got two tips for you. So I don't know if I have to wait for it to dry out. It's supposed to be raining like the next week. That when we first moved into our house two years ago, I had the same exact issue. And the first time it rained, it did dry out and it, it was Okay. The second time it, it rained, it was probably about like this, and it it froze up so solid in the back. I was i I was scared to open it. I was I didn't well, know you, what was going to happen. And so it's because my house was still under warranty then. I mean everything was under warranty. Yeah. So I, I had them come out and they shaved like a quarter inch off of my gate just so I could open it. And, I fired and off it an email to kind the warranty of silly. team. Yeah, it looks kind of silly. Now, or you know, the majority of the year when it's dry, because there's a pretty good gap there. But at least now, like just before I came over, I took out the trash and I had no trouble. opening It's like you're rubbing in my gate. face.
1: I've got a I've got a massive bag of trash and a 55 inch TV box on my back's pat- back patio
2: because I can't take the trash out. My, okay, my second tip was. Throw some throw some old flip flops on the back porch. Just always leave them out there. And use, uh, I've I've got shoes out there. Use that for the. But you can, like you I would have, f- you can ford, you can fjord the ford or fjord? the ford, it would have been ford the the alleyway river and just get across there and so toss the that lid open.
1: This right here is what I'm learning right now. New fences absorb way more water than you think. Way much more. Yeah it it way was much terrible. It Was excellent. Yeah. Way much more. Way
2: much more, y'all.
1: And because it's supposed to be raining, and we're, we're we're supposed to be going out of town this weekend, I don't know if I just need to like lash it closed with some bungee, or or if it's closed enough, it's just going to hold it until it's finally.
2: I remember I kind of had that issue too. Will it shrink back
1: down, or do I need to take like a sawzall out there and just chop it down myself? Because I did fire off uh, an email to the the warranty team because our house should still be under warranty. Yeah, it's a two two ten warranty. I just don't know if the fence is covered in that because it wasn't a beaten bow product. It was, uh, whoever their vendor was for fences, Texas fence company.
2: Right. But if you had an issue with your sprinkler system, they would cover that. I'd imagine. I I, I think it's just kind of the same thing. We, we shall see. We'll see th- their response. It really just needs to get shaved down just a little bit. Yeah.
1: Cause it, it was starting to, to stick on the middle and it was like, I've already got like, I basically chipped it out with the actual latch. (laughs) So I had to slam it. It would just chip. I did.
2: I had a brick. I had a brick that held mine closed because our back gate is right by our bedroom window. So you could hear it, you know, the wind clank, clank, clank. It would, it would hammer it. So, uh, you know, after that for a while and it was overhanging at least half an inch, maybe more, I just had to have somebody come out and shave that off for me because i didn't have the stuff i'm gonna take it. you outside to show it yeah oh man once we I hit feel stop for we're you. gonna walk outside i feel for you it's frustrating
1: all right with that i think we're gonna go ahead and call it for michael i'm spencer thanks for listening to another episode of the 23 personal podcast catch us friday morning for the post game reaction man
2: it's gonna be right in your face